episode 94 mate we are back um, new lights new lights only appropriate that we've got a guest on that's used to performing under them so <laughs> <laughs> welcome back fraser wilkinson yes. how you doing pal good, good. yeah yep. um a bit different in here since last uh, time nice. you were in nice you know a uh, bit of paint yeah <laughs> that's, that's, all it is. that's all it takes that's all it takes um we've actually been speaking about you quite a lot since um we had you on Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing that me and you took away from when Fraser left, and we literally said it when Fraser left last time, was I don't think we've met somebody more determined at your age mm-hmm. in our life. Like, <laughs> never met somebody so kind of focused and switched on. It was it was really refreshing to see. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's good to see, like, me at 21, I was getting fucking pissed every <laughs> weekend, um, going out and not doing much of my life. Like, you're the complete opposite. You know, you're, you're, you're focused, you're channeled. Um we've mentioned it briefly before we came on Ryan you've had a, a roller coaster over mm. 12 months um let's take it back to just after the podcast the last time so we've, we're on episode 94 that was episode 66 um three weeks out from th- the biggest th- fight of your life yeah probably one of the the biggest if not the biggest night of your life right yeah, at this 100%. point um we congratulated you over social media but now that we get the chance to do it in person Congratulations on becoming the first ever pro champion from this entire area. Yeah. Mega achievement. Huge. Um, Huge. So we'll start at Elgin Town Hall. So you were a, free, a few weeks out last time you were on going into that. And um, we usually go an hour, but I feel like we've got so much to talk about today. Let's just <laughs> let's just see how it's long like this takes. Mm-hmm. Let's go and start off with fight week uh, in Elgin, because obviously fight week's a little bit different because you didn't have to travel and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I imagine that made the process a lot smoother and easier. Um, for the days leading up to the the <coughs> fight, yep. So uh, I think it was we got a call. I was in the club on Wednesday night. I were doing a bit of media stuff with Northern Scott. Or the person that no, it was Northern Scott. Um, Craig was in a bit. We we're doing just doing a bit of interviewing and whatever. Me and Andrew, and then Andrew gets a call. So, or no, the Monday night. And this is the Monday night. Andrew gets a call saying that Robbie's pulled out. Mm-hmm. And then I that same like same time period in that hour I get a phone call from Sam, my manager, and he's like, Davey might pull the show. And I was oh, like, Davey no. is not pulling the show. I was like, I've sold my ass off for this fight. I was like, I've sold every ticket possible to to make sure like it was a night to remember for everyone. And um after a bit of begging, Davey decided to do my favour and he kept the show on, which I'm grateful for. And then yeah. The rest of his history, I just... It was a bit weird, a bit surreal, because obviously boys pulled out as well, so it meant the undercard was was weak. We had an exhibition to start with, two Inverness lads, and then uh, Darren, uh, some Irish lad, he was like 23 and 4, he fought on the card. Um, and then it was me. And I was pretty surreal coming out to the Elgin Hall, like, yeah, definitely. Something, something different. I'd obviously watched Andrew have his first pro fight, that, uh, well, his... Um, Elgin debut there and that was well I was still in the amateurs and I was like yeah, I want to experience mm-hmm. that and to get my moment especially when the Scottish title that was different What was the what was the feeling in that hour when kind of it looked in jeopardy like both fights were going to be canned Devastated Yeah I was devastated I was like I was begging David on the phone I was like I've I've put, put the work in for this I've sold all the tickets I've been as professional as possible I was like I've got three days just give me three days and say you're not gonna fucking pull and sorry, sorry, but um, 
Yeah. You can say whatever you want <laughs> in here, mate. <laughs> yeah, it meant a lot. Do you know what I mean? So thankfully put it on and we got the show on the road and yeah. We were saying to Rat when we had him in here last week that Smarties had some absolute rotten luck with fights oh, being pulled and stuff like that. Yeah. All the best to him because on the day of this releasing, he'll be fighting for the Scots title on mm -hmm. that uh, Ricky Burns undercard that we brought up. Yeah, to I didn't realize he's fighting Willie Lemond. Like mm -hmm. that—that's that's that's like two. That's probably two of the biggest names to come out of Scottish boxing in the last fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, not far off it. Hundred percent. Craig McEwen maybe as well, but in terms of them two. They've I've I've heard them about them at Scottish training and obviously they're both national cha uh, coaches. Yeah. And they they've been bickering back and forth probably the past year and a half. But like, oh. <laughs> well, at least like you're gonna give me that a fight, you're gonna give me that a fight. So fair play to them. They're both getting their swan song. Do you know what I mean? Last last little goodbye at the game. Yeah, that's, so that's awesome. Good to see, yeah. Fight day. What's that like? You wake up in your own bed. It must have been a so bit weird, I didn't, right? I didn't uh my mum's mum's mate gave me the keys to her Airbnb for a couple of nights because right, okay. I didn't I didn't want to really be around anyone I kind of wanted to just keep it as, as normal as it usually is when I'm going away to fight so it was just in Elgin I was literally just not far from the Elgin Hall um, woke up it was I don't know it was a bit weird because everything felt like it went so quick yep. it was like I woke up and then by like 6 o'clock I'm going down to get my medical make sure I'm ready to fight and do, do it was a bit that, weird Fraser, do you prefer the day to go quick or do you prefer like a bit of time to kind of gather yourself and get yeah, I don't know I think maybe because I was at home that's why it went so quick yeah because it's maybe a feeling I never thought would come mm -hmm. so I couldn't I didn't really get time to process what was happening you said but about yeah. the the lack of kind of fights that ended up being on the show through pillage and stuff like that did that make it easier or or worse because you're you're we're saying last time that you're a guy that hates waiting. Mm -hmm. Like you feel restless having to wait. Yeah. Was it good that it just kind of came around quicker than what it probably would have had the card still been as you know stacked as it was to mm -hmm. begin with? Maybe not because because of the occasion and what was going to come from it. Maybe I needed a bit more time to just yeah sink, sink my heels into the moment and really take in what was what was about to do. Because for 10 rounds I think I was just I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> you know I mean? but that's just a bit of lack of experience like jumping into 10 round title fights your 6th fight's a big ass for oh, anyone 100%. especially for me at 22 who's just new to the game so yeah totally man so the walkout mm -hmm. what was that like can, can, <laughs> can you even describe that level of support and euphoria that you feel when you hit that Are walk right kind of that focused that you're not I know you're going to notice what's about. Are you trying to concentrate, or you try to sink that atmosphere in? What's what's your thought process when you're walking out? This you say you're meant to be a like alpha mindset, like completely block everything out, yeah. just focusing on and what the task at hand is. Obviously, when you're you're walking out and there's two hundred people banging on tables, I guess, and especially Elkington Halls like that. It's like it's yeah, not it's like on top it's of not you. like the ballroom where it's a big atmosphere, big ceiling. It's mm -hmm. like everything is on top of you. So uh, no, it was surreal and definitely at times when the crowd got going, it definitely gave me a boost. Definitely, definitely gave me a second win because I did. I got a second win. Nothing. I was gone after four rounds, to be fair, and then I got a second win. But um, yeah, it was like the the kind big. of energy jump was that like an adrenaline thing? Do you think? Mm -hmm. Oh, hundred percent. That. You came flying out. Like yeah, I came flying at the gates and probably yeah. in the first four rounds, and I'm. My nose went after the fourth round, so like, I couldn't breathe at my nostrils. And like, obviously, say mouth breathing is negative and whatever, but like, when you're used to 
obviously breathing through your nose to then not being able to breathe through your nose yeah, is a bit of panic mm-hmm. especially when I knew I had like six, seven, eight, nine, ten to go yeah. I'm having to breathe heavily out of my mouth because I can't breathe through my nose it's like a, it's another experience obviously I've had to deal with and take in mm-hmm. and now, now I know I've been through that I know I can do it so that's um, as you say you came flying out did you you say you felt a drop in the fourth um, did you kind of gas yourself the first four yeah maybe the moment was getting to me and maybe I uh, just in 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 boxing, you obviously the more experience you have, the the easier it gets. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, so that inner experience is maybe just at that point I probably wasn't ready for that fight, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe maybe we should have had a bit more before it. But as I've said to other people, I'm I'm a young boy from the north of Scotland who's trying to make it big, and I'm not gonna get there. Given the same fight to every part, like all these people who come support me, if I keep fighting journeymen every second, every every eight weeks or something, they're gonna stop coming. Yeah. They need to see me try jump a little bit and see how far I can go. So uh, that's why that's solely why I took that fight because yeah. I because for respect from my people. But now looking in hindsight, maybe I need to be a bit more self focused on me and what's important for my game and how I'm going to develop into being a good professional boxer rather than worrying about everyone else. Absolutely. Which I've felt guilty to. So, do you, yeah, I was just about to ask. Do you feel that pressure sometimes because you have such a big fan base? And but well, maybe not from necessarily them, but I'm sure like internally sometimes like oh, I've got to put in a good performance for all the people mm-hmm. that have come and paid. We've and asked stuff Aiden like that. that question. He kind yeah. of answered it. The so same, so you, you do. You feel responsible just to so people get their money's worth, obviously. But over these past six months, of it's just a big f you. Like if yeah. it doesn't make me a better person and it doesn't give me strength into what I'm doing, I'm just I don't care about it. I mean, it's you that's going in there and putting your health on the line yeah, right at the end of the day, right? So, um, let's talk about your opponent. Um, obviously, we'll be talking a lot about him over the course of the mm-hmm. the two fights, but specifically the Elgin one. That dude is tough, man. Oh, that dude yeah. is incredible. Takes a back. You can take a yeah. Like yep. his poker face is mm-hmm. unreal. There's I was watching the highlights. Um, earlier and there's a point where you can clearly tell you have wrecked his body and he <laughs> he plays it off so well yeah. and he kind of gives it away a little bit in the end by just doing the old one of them mm-hmm. but there's the, even on the ropes you can tell that he's wincing in that and he yeah. just fights through mm-hmm. it and keeps coming forward you win the fight when you're standing there are, are you confident that you've won I, I knew I'd won yeah I, I, the scorecards were the red 99 91 which yeah. uh, to be fair isn't probably fair I probably uh, personally I thought I won the fight by three rounds Okay. So there's that. But um, I Corey's tough as old boots, like, as tough as they come. That's a fair assessment of yourself because a lot of people would be like, nah, smoked him. Mm-hmm. Scorecards say all, oh, but for you to say, <laughs> I only actually won by three there, three yep. or four. Yeah, definitely. I, it's just my activity. I yeah. like, Getting that second win, maybe in the seventh round or something like that, wherever it was, and I just pulling them last three rounds of just, I just didn't stop punching. Yep. Do you know what I mean? That was. Uh, but that was then because the home support and the energy they gave me getting behind me, all the banging on the tables and that definitely gave me a second win and the and they've been able to do that. Was there any point in the fight where you thought you could have finished him? No. Nah. No. He's tough, mate. He's yeah. tough. He's very tough. Do you know what I mean? Like he's obviously had he's had a couple of stoppage losses, whatever, but he is tough. Yeah. I mean he's been with big, some big boys and give his juices. He's uh yeah, he's durable. Yeah, 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 he's game for it, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So when that announcement's being read, 
Can you even think about what? Because it seems like when it gets announced that you're the winner, that you just lose control, and rightfully so, right? Because you're like, this is what you've worked <laughs> for, your hometown, everyone that's there to see you and that. Can you even put into words what that feeling is like, or do you just kind of? Is that like an outer body yeah, experience? Yeah, that, that, that was definitely like an outer body experience. It was like that's like what I said. I just couldn't take it in. Yeah, it was just like, thank God I've done it. Yeah, do you know what I mean, it was like just that. That was it. That was all that was running through my head. Can you remember the rest of the night after it? Yeah, I went to bed sore. <laughs> yeah. as anything. I remember, I, got, I couldn't I, sleep for hours. Obviously, you got the dopamine rush of yeah, all the of But I remember trying to get climbing to bed, and I was just my body was in bits, just in bits. I was like struggling to sleep. It was also sort of. So. Do you do you after a fight kind of ride the wave, or do you have an adrenaline dump where you go back and you're like, right, fuck, that was good, but I need to get back to work, or it's like, right. Let's give you a kick up the arse to go more. You know, you you've also talked about a massive feeling of winning that fight, and you kind of lose control and mm-hmm. things like that. People like that after that struggle to get feelings like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how do you motivate motivate yourself for the next fight? For the rematch, it was hard. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Especially with the postponement and then getting mm-hmm. rechanged on our card, and like I I trained like three months for that fight. Mm-hmm. And it probably wasn't, it probably wasn't the best idea to just be so full in with it all. But being so young and naive, you see all these champions are like, oh, they're always trained, they're always trained. It's it's not true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, they they're smart. There's a way about doing things, and there's a way to not. And maybe I, I didn't sell. Like I'll never blame anyone for my preparation, my losses, because it's on me at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe I just I just didn't take care of myself. And with like what rest happened, and recovery happened. and stuff like yeah, that. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. So I mean, just trying to think that every day is, has to be a challenge, but it doesn't. Like I, I finished a hard session today with David. We were in the gym for two and a half hours, and he was like, "Do not do anything tomorrow." Mm-hmm. It's like not even a run, nothing. He's like, "I just want you to rest." Because so. you mentioned that last time, you you are a guy that is eager. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's hard to kind of keep you away. Yeah. And I suppose you need someone to rein that in a little yep. bit, right? For your own kind of um, sake. In terms of like the so the rematch was scheduled for March originally, and that was meant to be was it Glasgow originally? Yeah, it was going to be the Crown yeah. Plaza. Yeah, and March then 24th. rescheduled, like you said to me, which was in Dundee. Yep. Which was obviously more on his home yeah. turf ish because he's our broth, is it? He's mm-hmm. he's from. So let's talk about the training, the build up, and and all that. Um, Raj said last week, uh, and he said that you'd say this yourself that your head wasn't in the right place. No. Um, with what you feel comfortable saying. Yeah. Um. What what are those some of those things that he was? It was just like to a lot there? a lot of family things going on in the background and like uh, I lost my granny during just before the second Sorry one. Sorry to hear that, mate. That's all right, but um, just just things like that and me being so young, I thought the world would repay me for being tough and solid and being like, look, I can do this. The world's gonna repay me at the end. Mm-hmm. And all it just taught me was like, if your head's not in it, don't do it. Yeah. So I mean, the the two weeks before. Lucas fought down in Edinburgh, and uh, so I, I, Ratch was already in Edinburgh, so I drove him down. I got some sparring in with Stephen Nunes, and then um, we drove uh, Lucas to the Hart Stadium. He had his fight, and then driving back up the road, we get to Perth, and I'm like, right, son, I got a pop tire. It's on a Sunday night, oh, eight Jesus. o'clock, right? We sat in the Perth uh, petrol station car park till about half eleven. I'd pay some dude stupid amounts of money to come put a tire on my car. Right, I got as far as Rolfus. Oh, 
and I got a pothole, hit a pothole, and that same tire popped. Oh, can you imagine? I think I home until half two in the morning. But like stuff like that, yeah, like two yeah. weeks out from a fight, it's not a stress I need. No, hundred percent. And uh, but me always try to impress the other people that are higher than me. I stuck to my guns. I was like, look, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna beat them. And yeah, it happened like that. <laughs> was there a, yeah. was there anything like? Because also it was a rematch, right? And mm-hmm. was there any kind of part of you because you're someone that likes looking forward in the next the big mm-hmm. thing was there anything that was like i've beaten him so it's kind of almost harder to get up for the fight or so i did think about that in the process but for me it was more like okay the scorecards are 99 91 everyone has said it was closer than it was which was true but i wanted to do it in a better fashion mm-hmm. i was like he was the one that wanted the rematch and at first mirage was like no i'm not giving him it but then the opportunity like there's no one else that way really that could or anyone around that way that could come to challenge me. Yeah. So if and a defense on, on my on my title would push me straight up the rankings. Mm. So I was thinking, I've already been on once, let's do it again, let's do it in a better fashion. And let's because I came out of that ring on I uh, after the first win, thinking I could have done better. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've got more to give than that. And for me that's what like kept me up at night. I was thinking I, I can do better and I can do better and I can do better. And I, to be fair, through that whole camp, even though I had challenges put in front of me I was like, there's nothing that's going to stop me putting in like, a lifetime performance. Yeah. But, as I said, when you've got things pushing against you, when you get in there, you get tested. And, do you know what I mean? We said to Rats, well, we asked Rats last week, uh, did he think that you put pressure on yourself to go in there and beat him more devastatingly? Mm-hmm. And he said, without a doubt, would that be yeah, accurate? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Was there any sense of kind of complacency in your performance, more thinking, right, I'm going to need to put on a performance, but if I don't knock him out, I'm going to have this on points because I've already beaten him on points. So, to be honest, I don't know, because I, I kind of had it in my head that if I'd went to points with him, he might have robbed go, me. Yeah, but it was him, like... Yeah. That last cup was kind of going through my head. I was like, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. But in hindsight, I'm a boxer, first and foremost. Like, I'm not a one-hitter quitter. Yeah. I'm like, in Mexico and being with David, that's taught me that. Like, I, I'm best when I'm at long range and when I can fight. I can look good. The the stoppage wins will come. Yeah. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll come. Do you know what I mean? So that that for me, especially when you look at boxing, the big scene, boys my age... Yeah, because they're on the big promoters, like Janine Boston, who goes out to fight. He's been fighting like welterweights, heavy, like fat, super lightweights. Yeah. I've been fighting with the super middleweights who can take a bang because they're on the road every weekend. They're like these these big promotions are paying their boys, like the away fighters, big money. Not to lose, but like not to try their best, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And then for me, looking at that, you go, ah, I should be doing the same though. I should be having all these stoppage wins. But at the end of the day, if my game isn't evolving each fight and getting better and better, then it's pointless. Yeah. So I need to stop. I've like completely like I barely, I barely watch the cards anymore, and all that. And I like I've deleted like stupid amount of people on Instagram that I used to watch and used to compare myself to, because at the end of the day, it's not really matter what I'm doing now. Yeah. To get me to where I want to be. Yeah. I think there's a good saying out there is the knockout usually comes when you're least looking for it. Yeah. Um and you know, I'm no expert, but it seems to be true, right? The guys that you know take their time with it and don't look for it and rush it, you know. Yeah. Um so let's get to the fight. It's it is honestly one of the most <laughs> crazy fights you will see in this country. Like mm-hmm. when I so I knew that it was being posted on YouTube the next day, right? So yeah. I avoided the result. Yeah. And watched it on the TV the next day. And 
within like the first minute, it's almost like two bulls yep. colliding, right? It was like both of you were here <laughs> to win and to win by stop as you would appear, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, I can't believe that you fought at that pace for mm. five, six rounds, however long it went, because I, I was watching the first round, I was like, this is this is like super intense, yeah. you know what I mean? I know you obviously train, and, mm -hmm. but there's always a, you know, keeping thing in the bank and making sure yeah. that, you you know, it's a process box, and then it's like there's like an opening segment, the middle rounds, and then the, you know, yeah. the championship rounds. The first round, there's a lot of exchange. Well, there's a lot of exchanges the entire fight, right? Um, it gets to just about the bell. Mm -hmm. You get put down. Yeah. I'd imagine that's the first time you've been put down yeah. in your yeah. life, right? Nah, well, I got put down in amateurs or body shot before, but for a headshot, I was th I was throwing my punch as he was yeah. as he was he, he was throwing, mm -hmm. and he just caught me. I was like, whoa! I remember being a deck. I went, how the Fuck, did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jesus, get back up. No faster ladder than gravity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did I get here? But uh, no, I didn't expect it. And especially me being so young. And then this was like other bit of pressure I put on myself. Me being so young, being basically almost a way fighter. I sat down this too and I thought, I, I, just, I just, every, th every thought of, the, every bad thought that could have came to my head came to my head. And yeah. and that that really clouded me and Ratch's being able to like vision to be able to like push through it, mm -hmm. it during the fight. Do you know what I mean? So like I just couldn't see a way out. Yeah. Rather than trying to stop him. Can you, from that point? Can you remember what Ratch said to you in the corner right after? Because he said it was a flash knockdown, mm -hmm. right? So your senses are all still there. Yeah. Can you remember what he said to you? Was it more to the point or? No, I, I'm pretty sure he was like just like let's get back to your boxing. Yeah. Yeah. And the second round, you did get back to your boxing. Yeah. Put yep. it down sweet. And. That was a hit, like, like we go. said, like, he, yeah. he, he is incredibly tough, right? <laughs> because yeah. there's a lot of guys that would have ate that and would not have bounced back up yeah. that quickly, right? Because his legs go from underneath yeah, him, right. basically, right? And, you know, without being biased here, because we're obviously biased towards you, we support you in that. That was probably the heaviest knockdown of the fight, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. it, I don't want to make scoring a knockdown sound like a bad thing, but considering you just kind of got back to your range and that and then every time you were at range you were dominating those exchanges mm -hmm. and seeing what was coming towards you and that do you think scoring a knockdown might have been the worst thing that could have possibly happened at that point because then you're like I'm going to go in and finish him and then that kind of played back into his so like he went down heavy but I, I'd seen him get back up he, will, he, was, he went back to the corner he had, like, he had his hands ropes, but I knew he was fine because okay. just I quickly got straight back up so and I think especially me taking that knockdown in the first round yeah my senses were still there but I'd never been hit like that before, so mm. I don't think maybe my legs were ready for it. And I was battling against that straight for like as soon as that had happened, I was battling against it. I got the knockdown, and this was my inexperience. Somebody who was experienced would have just went on his bike, like we'd both just scored knockdowns. I would have just went on my bike and got back to my boxing straight away. But instead, you watch, I just go straight in and I stand straight in front of him, mm -hmm. and that's a lack of inexperience because. I, if I'm standing straight in front of them, they're going to hit me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So it goes through rounds three, four. Um, it's either round five or round six that the, the fight actually ends. Mm -hmm. Was that, you get put down once against the ropes and then uh, once again, was that at that point fatigue? Um, was it? It looked like you couldn't get your distance. Yeah. Because he was just rushing me, rushing me, rushing yeah. me. I felt like he was standing on your feet quite a lot, mm -hmm. um, not letting you use your footwork. He, he, I just was in his game completely from the third yeah. round on. Like He wanted to make it rough and tough and have me up against the ropes. And not that I allowed him to do it, but maybe my inexperience of how to deal with that, like it's shown. Yeah. You know I mean, like, like he could tell that's how he trained because he knew that's where I was going to be weak. 
mm-hmm. and he found that bit and he, he attacked it. So and me, I was that definitely wasn't ready for that because mm-hmm. compared to the, the shape he came in for the first fight, compared to the second, he was like a different, different mark. guy. Yeah, he yeah. had he worked his ass ass off, which for me is a kind of kick in the ass because the rematch got um, pulled because he was injured. Yeah, so called injured. And my, my manager Sam's like, you don't have to give him this rematch now. Like, you give him the chance. But me being so naive and stupid and young and brash, I was like, nah, give him it. It's mm-hmm. like, now I've got the upper hand. He yeah. asked for it, I gave him it, he pulled out, now let's do it. Yeah. And pff, eat my words. <laughs> <laughs> I should have taken the title and run. <laughs> Here, it's a learning experience. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Hindsight's like- a great thing and it's, it's, taught, me, it's taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. It's good to get this so early in your career as well this learning curve mm-hmm, 100% you know? I think it's going to be the making of me because if you're getting this at 12 13 14 and 0 you know you've actually got a bit of a a bigger name for yourself mm-hmm. by then um, it's going to hit you a lot harder whereas you've you've went away you've learned from it Yep. you know you, you've changed I don't know we're going to speak about it in a, in a minute you've, you've changed your game you've, you've learned from your mistakes at 22 it takes a bit of determination to do that you know, not a lot of 22-year-olds have got, like, the stomach to take something as big as a loss as mm-hmm. that, turn it around, think, fuck it, I'm going to go and go away to Mexico, I'm going to train, I'm going to do a bit better, I'm yep. going to take these life lessons. Um, what's the biggest thing you took from that fight? Number one's most important. If it doesn't benefit me or the people I care about, then there's no point in doing it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like... You have to say like a few things in life mm-hmm. that don't don't benefit you, especially if it's benefiting somebody else. Yeah, a hundred percent. You I can think... only give so much yourself to the world, and it, especially at this stage in my life, like growing old, growing older. Like you may, you may be like it's like when I mean, somebody gets like a good job, and the, like one of your pals gets a great job, and he goes away and grafts for like five six months straight. You don't see him at all. He's been working. That's his. It's um. It's like a acro stage of your life. People call it mm-hmm. where you spend like yeah. three months yeah. of just dialing in. Like that's uh, like that is so important, and I feel like that's that's my stage that I'm going through now because I don't want anything else but boxing. I want to do this full time. I want to make money from it. What about I want to leave the game with titles and opportunities to fight in big big places, and that's what I'm going to do. Can you remember when the official comes up to you and the fight's getting stopped? Can you remember what he's saying to you? And can you remember like how long did it take for that feeling to sink in? Like like shit. Do you know what I mean? Like I've just I was tough. Yeah. Kevin Kevin was like, I've seen enough. My eye was cut like like eight stitches above my eye. I was pouring up my blood. And my my nose had went, and he's looking at me and he's going, Nah, I've seen enough. Because uh, when I was on the floor, I was ready to go back up. I looked at him. I went, I've got one more. Let me have one yeah. more. And then as soon as I stood up, he just went, no, this is it. Because at the end of the day, he's got to look after me. 100%. Yeah. And you as a competitor are always going to yeah, I'm want always to go gonna on. Say, yeah. yeah, You know, so, you know, what we were talking about earlier, it maybe took a bit of time to sink in, like I'm the champion. So how long did it take to sink in from the other kind of perspective? What happens the rest of the night? Is it when you get back? Is it, did you go home straight away or were you staying in a hotel? No, so I staying in a hotel. I had uh, Aaron and Lucas with me and I was just... I was devastated. I remember going back to the change room and mate, I could have fucking I could have took that whole place down. I was that angry at myself. It was a hard one to take. And um especially like going back to the room, knowing that that was my just my chance gone. But it wasn't. 
But that's how I felt yeah, at the time. Yeah, I felt like that at the time, right? Felt like it felt like when the world was coming down on me. Like at 22, it's a hard to take. The only thing gone there from you, mate, is your zero. Yeah, exactly. So that's the exactly. Only thing. And then maybe the, that pressure's gone now. Yeah. yeah. But to be honest, I wasn't really bothered about that. Like, like I can I could lose it again, and I'm still going to go again mm-hmm. because that's the that's the deal I've made with myself. And I'm going to ride it out until the end because I've been boxing since the age of ten. If I like, cause don't get me wrong. After a couple of weeks after the fight, um, after my loss, I was like, I might just pan this in. Mm-hmm. I was working. I was I was doing good at work. It was summertime, uh, but like. I'm not gonna let some something else and something else define me from what I want, and uh, so that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, like we we almost, and this happens for everyone. Like we almost kind of catastrophize what happens, right? Especially mm-hmm. when it is a loss, because lo- losing sucks, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Right, it's part <laughs> of life, but it absolutely sucks. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is in in anyone's kind of life that it, it happens to them. And I would imagine, especially after such a high, mm-hmm. kind of that loss was probably even more hard and devastating to take because you'd experienced such a high moment. You're like, yes, this is just the beginning, right? And this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. You know what I mean? Can we we speak about Corey just to kind of finish up on on this rematch? Mm -hmm. Now, he's actually went on and won a couple of fights since the the rematch and he still holds a hold of the title at the moment. Title or no title, um, you as a competitor, is that someone that you would like to face again for that trilogy? That's not for me to say. That's going to be me, trainer David's. And he's already said that is like he's gonna decide. We've got a plan. If that Corey falls into that plan, when I'm ready for it, we're gonna take it. Yeah. But for right now, it's all about me. Not really caring about Corey. Awesome, mate. How did Mexico come about? Yeah, you, I'm you, interested about this. You, one as you, well. You've just came back from like a four week kind of training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, over in Guadalajara, yeah, is that you I see all these pronunciations, and it gives me anxiety before <laughs> doing. I just kind of go for it. But, um, so, h- how did that come about? How did that opportunity come about? And um, we'll, we'll go from there. And, and how did that go for you? So, before my loss, me and uh, young Stephen Noon, young Stephen's older than me, he's twenty five, but Stephen Noons, former Commonwealth Games boxer, plan was me and him were going to go out to Vegas for some sparring, uh, July end of July. I woke up in the morning and the boy was like, yeah, there's there's no point in this. Because <laughs> obviously, about a loss on the record. It was kind of just to see, see, put feelers out to see what could have happened over in the States, over at top rank. And um, Jay basically found me on YouTube about after my September fight in 2020, uh, last year. Yeah. September fight last year. He had seen that and he was like, Jay's, so basically Jay's story, 17, he moved away to like uh, 17, he moved to London until he was 18 himself. He's from Edinburgh, boxed all, all his life. Uh, and 19, moved to the States himself and basically made a living out of fighting uh, like top fighters as a, as a sparring partner for like the likes of Sugar Shane Mosley, Adrian Broner. Like that's how he was making his money. He was just going doing rounds with them day in, day out. Then uh, I think it was like 22 or something like that, he turned pro. He ended up going to 7 0. He signed to PBC. Never fought. You have so what was life went in a bit of a different direction. He's like about thirty years old now. Uh, he does a lot of matchmaking for uh, promotions over in America. Just he's been in about the gyms, knows the people, and obviously that's that's where he went to. But he went. He was taking time out. He was going to Guadalajara, and he said, "Look, I'm here for three months. Come stay with me for as long as you want." And then I was I was about to go out with my mates. 
And then I was like, um, I'm booking these flights before I go out because if I don't, I'll wake up in the morning and not yeah, do it. Talk yourself so out before I went out and I had a drink with the mates, I was like, so I booked my flights to Guadalajara. And then that was it. About a month later, I flew out to Guadalajara myself. And that's like not just one flight either, isn't it? There's like a no, it was 18 and a half hours. Um, the worst part is the American Airlines lost my bag. I spent four weeks with no luggage. <laughs> that airline has been getting some absolute heat recently. Like, oh, apparently they treat I just like... got my bag back last week, so... No, this oh, week, this sorry. Week you got Tuesday, I got it back. Okay. It's madness. Like, um, Mexico training. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between Mexican training and Scottish training? Uh, fight for like it's their life. Mm. Yeah. Day in, day out. I was sparring Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings at nine o'clock every, every week for that four weeks. Um, Different world over tough. there. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. They, they, they literally, I, but they all like in the, in that gym in uh, Julian Magdaleno, they, they love each other. Eh? There's yeah. boys have been more competitive than others, but like they have got each other's backs through and through. Cause obviously they, a lot of them come from different backgrounds. Uh, I did a lot of rounds with uh, Gabriel Golas, who's like um, he's ranked number one in the WBA at one forty, and he was like a fresh breath air to speak to. Like he's twenty years old, kind of just fringing on the world title contention. He's had a lot of big wins, um, but like to see where he is now compared, he told me compared to where he was when he first started fighting. It's like two different. It's mm-hmm. like the Ritz to bloody Saint Mags and Los. It's nuts, but uh, but to see that and the. To be able to like experience boxing in a different form was great. Did it give you kind of reaffirmation when you're doing the sparring that like I belong here? You know what I mean? Because yeah, obviously so, you're, you're sparring. So really the plan high was level guys. I wasn't gonna spar for the first week, but we turned up me and Jay, um, and they were like, "We want to put you in Minikia." Like we turned up, we were just like looking at the gym. And he was like, "Do you want to come in and spar?" And this was I arrived on the Wednesday. I sparred on the Friday, jet lag and everything. And so we were like, "Right, we'll do five rounds with Nikita." Mikinchenko or I can't pronounce his last name he's Russian signed to Canelo Alvarez anyway um, and I barred me <laughs> <laughs> he did uh, I got barred the first couple of spars because just wasn't used to how they spar yeah. like uh, the pace over here is a lot faster in sparring over okay. there everything is slowed down mm. they will spend like six seven rounds throwing one jab to land a rear hand in the eighth and it's as, it's as technical as that and even like their head movement, if they were telling me to slow down, everything slowed down, because the only thing it should be fast, your feints and your punches. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, it was a good experience, especially as I said, boxing in a different form. It was great. Like I suppose as well, like that kind of come forward pressure style, getting in your face. That is literally called Mexican style. It is, isn't but it? it is. But uh, to be honest, the spar and I go over there weren't like that. Mm-hmm. Golas is like sitting on the back back foot, like sitting on the ropes. He likes he likes uh, Philly Shell and stuff like that. And then coming back with counters, Nikita, he's a former like a uh, he's a former Russian amateur standout. He's fourteen. He went fifteen and zero uh, yesterday as a pro. He's a former WBO Youth World Champion, uh, and he didn't he doesn't box in the front foot. He boxes in the back foot, and I think it's probably. That's only now happening because of the name that Canelo's got and Chepo. Obviously, they're coming in to train with Chepo and won't be trained by him. But he's now got the option and does not have that coming forward fighter. The uh, Probably the scariest fighter I've seen there was a boy, uh, uh, General Caesar or something his nickname is. He's 21 years old. He's 24 and 0 from last Friday. He's a WBC South America's champion. Uh, so, what is he? 20, 24 and 0. And I think he's 21 knockouts. Kid's 21 years old. Jesus, a flat, and I watched him hit the pads. He's a flyweight, so that's what fifty-one kilo. And I've never seen somebody hit the pads so hard in my life. 
I was like, what the hell? Me and Jay were sat looking at his box wreck, and I was like, oh, there's his first title fight. You end up, like, killing the boy. The boy went non-responsive after he put him down the seventh. <laughs> like, he just walked away so mean, but then you speak to him, he's the nice little kid you've ever had. I was like, what the hell? I was like, they make him different over <laughs> here. They make him that's different. Insane. But, like, 20, 21 years old and 24 and 0, that's nuts. He's been fighting since he was 15 in the, in the pros. That's Do you amazing. think, like, the biggest thing that you learned over there was patience? Patience and it was like a newfound confidence I found over there. Mm. Jay kept saying to me, "He's like you've got you've got ability, but if you've not got the confidence to match it, it's it's not going to transfer over. So like you have to be confident in there, or it's it's not going to work for you." Yeah. And the more confidence I had, I was I was getting more uh, more confidence, and the punches were landing. And I was I was seeing the punches landing, and everyone just kept doubling, doubling. By the end, I was I was sparring great. Like really good, Chapel was really impressed by the last couple of spars as well. Because he's like a world-renowned trainer yeah, as well, right? Like, what was it like meeting him? That's how he's, he's funny as anything. He, yeah, uh, yeah. He puts on the Spanish music, starts dancing that before the spar in his class. <laughs> was there like any language barrier? Or did he yeah, so there was a bit. But uh, Chris, well, uh, one of the pals that came down, he owns MK One. He's uh, half Mexican American, so he did a good bit of translating while he was there. But he was only there for a week. And then there was one other kid in the gym that spoke about English. He did a bit of translating. But like boxing's a, a world language. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah universal. You know what I mean, yeah. So, so like, what about because you're previously. You've been like an active guy, right? Like, and I suppose, especially with how decisions go sometimes, there must be sometimes like a conscious kind of thought of, I need to throw punches here because if I don't throw enough punches, then they might nick the round to someone else. Mm -hmm. And we've seen the amount of kind of questionable decisions that go down in boxing at all levels. It's not just to the highest echelon of fights Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, But like you said, I suppose that kind of waiting and being confident that you're going to get someone eventually, right, is ground you a lot than just being like right I need to make sure I've thrown like 30 mm. or 40 punches around or whatever I feel like pardon me I feel like if you are a one hitter quitter and you, you will know before you get in that ring whether you can stop that opponent yeah 100% it was like when I fought Jordan Leitmer, um I came off the scales and I went and blessed me I was like I'm going to stop him tomorrow night I was like I just know it like I could feel it in myself I could feel it when I was around him so I feel like fighters that do fight like that will only fight like that when they know they could do do the, do the job properly. Yeah. If if the fighter knows he needs to needs to go to 10 12 rounds, he's going to do it. So, and that's me. I'm not I'm not a one hitter quitter. And that's that's I've all, and that's just come back to like me comparing myself to other people. I I'm best when I'm boxing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it means I've got to go 10 10 12 rounds for the rest of my career to get to where I want to be, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it better than anyone else has done it. So, too right. Um, you, you just spoke. You kind of picked up patience in your game. Is there anything like technically you picked up from uh, Mexico? Like, is there anything you're doing now differently in in your game? Um, as in throwing punches differently? Is there any little tips you picked up that you you've? I added? just I've just got confidence throwing my hands now. I spent yeah. a lot of my amateur careers popping and weaving, just putting one punch, jabs, jabs, rear hands, jabs, rear hands. Where now I'm I'm putting my punches together a lot nicer. And it's like, that's what I'm saying, this, I found confidence. Like, I'm happy to go do that now. Where before I wouldn't because it was like, if I go do that, maybe I'll blow my tank out. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like, like it was, I've got, I've got stupid amounts of confidence now so to, like, to where I was. Less like hesitancy to do oh, that. 100%. Because yeah. mm-hmm. like, that's the things that, we all have those thoughts, right? In everyday life, like, oh, I better shouldn't do that. Or sometimes we're like, oh, I can't do that and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. when you realise that's just in your mind a lot of the time, right? Which is a powerful thing because mm-hmm. your your mind can be quite overwhelming. 
Um, where were you staying in Mexico? Were you close to the gym? Or? No, I can't pronounce it, but uh, I was like literally 10 minutes from the gym. 10-minute mm-hmm. walk from the gym. So it was like w- wake up, breakfast, straight into the gym in the mornings. So How was, was the food was and things like that? The food was good, man. Yeah. Uh, the food was great. I enjoyed a good bit of the food when I was over there. Like, <laughs> can't, they can't not. Eh? But uh, Mexican food here compared over there is completely different. Mm. Like what you have here is not Mexican food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taco Bell and yeah, Aberdeen yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, that's not Mexican food. But the food's great. Yeah. I was, I was scared, though, because the WBC have a rule through the Nevada Commission for their drug testing, that like boxers um, from Mexico can have like small doses of clenbuterol in the meat and stuff because like that. Because they inject yeah. everything, mate. <laughs> if the steaks were like yay big. Jesus. I was like trying <laughs> to stay away from somewhere. <laughs> Not that it would matter. Like, but, no, yeah, but. Um, Oh, I was just gonna. Yeah, Ratch made a joke last week. <laughs> we're talking. We're talking about the Canelo thing last time. Yep. I remember because I remember you brought up that the WBC had actually mm-hmm, found. Rule. Yeah, like he's not taking it on purpose. Yeah. It's legit, actually in the beef. And Ratch went. It's probably why Fraser Wilkinson's went over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly why. <right. laughs> um, obviously, like. That gym's had some like massive names, and I've seen mm-hmm. like obviously paintings of Canelo up there, yeah. and that was that a bit like surreal to see because yeah. obviously he's the he's still the biggest boxer in the world. That is the, the biggest thing, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. now nah, it was cool. The uh, gloves, um, they fought Floyd Mayweather hanging in the gym. No and I was like that's that is that's a fight, man. Eh? Do you know I mean to be able to see them? That was cool. Canelo's like a bit of a wonder, really, isn't he? Like you look at his like he's turned pro fifth uh, pro at fifteen. Mm-hmm. It was like knocking thirty year olds out and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Never Straight mind away. that. It just it's the least Mexican looking person you've ever seen in your <laughs> it's life. So like a family of four brothers. He's the only ginger one. Aye, he, 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 like you couldn't get a more like a Scottish fun, guy. Fun, yeah, this came. It's we'll claim mind. it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Be um, I'm going to push us on to your next fight. Mm-hmm. Um, two weeks out from your next fight. Yeah, September 9th uh, Ardo House, Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to get a opponent name. Do nah, you have an opponent nah, name? No, opponent name no. We've had a couple put in the mix. Okay. Uh, Memedov, Minchenko, or something like that. Um, just fought Ben Bartlett. But there's this next this next fight, especially with Davis Ed, is, is not about me trying to prove something. It's just about me getting the win, and that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. So whoever it is in the night, I'm just gonna get the job done, and that's gonna be it. And then, and then we reschedule. And I've only been Dave, with David about maybe like four weeks full on. Um, so like to be really trying to do something would be stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take as long as it needs to get me to where I want to be before we even think about doing anything else. So And it takes, it takes time for that kind of rapport and chemistry and all that mm-hmm. to build, right? Because obviously you've been with Ratch for so yeah. long and like you've even seen it with like we mentioned Anthony Joshua actually before we came on Mike and he's just went to Derek James mm-hmm. and he's you can see like he's trying to like build to something, he's learning something new and mm-hmm. um be interesting to see how he continues learning in the Deontay Wilder fight like we were saying. Um how uh, we know Ratch's obviously taking a step away from the programme. Was that the kind of main kind of catalyst for going to Northern Sport yeah. Club and stuff like that and was Davey the first one you kind of thought of when you were informed that Ratch would be taking a step back from the pro game? Uh, yeah, so me and Ratch both knew something had to change mm-hmm. if we were going to continue, whether it was his him training me and the way he was going to do it or whatever, or I was going to have to eventually move out. We, we knew from the start he said to me, he was like, when I feel it's time to let you go, I'm going to let you go yeah. and I'll help you I'll support you with it. So he mentioned David and to me it was going to be, well, I, I was on the phone to my manager, Sam, I was like, look, Sam, Raj is pulling away. 
and then we're looking up the options and I've known David since I was a young lad I've been in his gym a lot started sparring and I, I know him really well uh, so for me being in that gym as soon as I got over there it just felt like felt like home again do you know what I mean so mm -hmm. I think it felt like a good vibe Smarty over there as well now so he is yeah he's Smarty yeah. over there now so familiar faces as well in there yeah I know, I know all the lads in the yeah, gym. Yeah, you've been there for sparring yeah, yeah. and that, I would imagine, yeah, as well. Yeah, in, in the Northern District as well, through amateur boxing, everyone kind of sticks together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so Ardo House, Aberdeen, September 9th. I, I, listened to, I listened to our conversation back in November last night, right? And there was a thing that I think is appropriate to bring up now, because I remember you saying, you never know how good you are until you lose. And then I, I ended up down a bit of a boxing rabbit hole on YouTube yeah. last night, so it ended up being a Terry Atlas quote of, like, you never know someone, whether it be your friends, your family, or yourself, until you're tested. Yeah. So it would be fair to say that last fight was a test in more ways than one, right? Not just the fight itself, but the aftermath of it and um, going away training and all these type of things. Are we going to see how good Fraser Wilkinson really is starting September 9th? Oh, 100%. Yeah. The way I've been performing in the gym... The way I'm looking, the way I'm feeling. Like, as I said, this newfound confidence I've got, which is only going to get better. I'm only 22. By the time I'm 27, like, there's no telling where I'm going to be. But on uh, September 9th, definitely going to see something different from me. Just a more calm, co uh, confident, positive boxing. Like, before, before, like, before my amateur uh, first four or five fights, I was just boxing how we would have done the amateurs. Or now I feel like I'm a pro. My feet have slowed down. I'm still using my footwork. I'm not neglecting it because David wants me to still box. But everything's everything's straight down the middle. Everything's nice and long. Everything's everything's how it's meant to be for me. So it's yeah. going to be good to see it. I can't wait. I'm buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we'll go a little bit further and then we'll go get in some boxing talk mm -hmm. because when we, wherever we have someone on for boxing there's always something going down yeah. in the combat sports world that we need to we've obviously got Usyk and Dubois in like a couple hours time yeah. um, what's, is there anything different training like it's obviously your first time kind of your main gym not being Elgin Boxing mm -hmm. Club right like is there any differences is it much and such the same obviously there'll be differences between Ratch and Dave's coaches I would yep. imagine but um, just in terms of like uh you know, the routine, I suppose. Yeah, so I'm in the gym uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays with David. Uh, and it's tough. It's mega tough, you know what I mean? Like, he's... That family is probably... Especially in North of Scotland, is like, has the biggest rich uh, rich history in boxing. As far as it goes, like, brother Lee McAllister, uh, yeah. Matty Lee and David all boxed all the way up through national level. Matty was professional as well. Uh, David's... Trained the likes of uh, Darren Trainer, who fought Carl Frampton, Dean Sutherland, who was WBO Youth World Champion, uh, Christian Fraser was a Commonwealth Champion. So like he he's been about, and he knows the game, and I can have confidence in that that he's telling tell me the right things to do. You know I mean, like he says to me, he's like, if he was in it for the money, he would uh, he wouldn't care as much. But David, he proper cares about his boxers. He gets a bit of bite out of seeing people improve. Yeah, and I've seen that. Because the first, <laughs> the, the, the public man was saying this, but the first bar I had in there was against Jimmy, and I, I think I, I like usually go back to the corner and gives you a drink. And he's like, "You're not getting a drink until you start doing what you're told." Do you know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> tough on me like that. Um, <laughs> but like that's what I've been needing. Now. I've been I've needed someone to just be straight down the middle with me. Yep. N no questions asked. Like we were saying, someone to rein you in, right? Like because. Mm -hmm. um, 
do you react well to that? I would imagine yeah. you do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because I'm I'm the person that questions whether I'm ever doing enough. And when you've got somebody turning around and being like, look, pull back. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> because because he's two boys all that way and all that high level, I've got that confidence being like, well, I'm just going to listen to him. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, is he a promoter as well, technically? I know that's where I'm pretty sure his brother, brother yeah. right? Okay. That's Because I know Northern Sport club have mm. actually promoted shows yeah they're promoters like that, as well. um so hoping all obviously even when all goes well september 9th mm-hmm. yep. do you Absolutely. reckon you'll be getting another fight in before the end of the year do you want, so not want looked, to look too far ahead i've looked at an elgin show he was, david said he'd put on an elgin show for oh, me yes. but there's also uh there, there's also <laughs> save two tickets yeah <laughs> there is also the look at uh ballroom at the end of november mm-hmm. so that's a possibility as well how would it like an Elgin show like be for you again right because obviously I would imagine it would probably be different <laughs> opponent mm-hmm. um do you relish getting back to like doing yeah. an Elgin one I, I want to fight an Elgin as much as, as possible, possible. yeah because it's great for the area isn't it mm-hmm. like 100% I remember you last time here saying Borough Briggs yeah, I still want that and yeah, um, like, yeah. I can see that yeah. happening because you like obviously you're a popular guy right and um, well, I don't know about that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, you are a little bit like the way that you conduct yourself, and mm-hmm. like we we're saying about last time when you, because we didn't obviously really know what to expect mm-hmm. to begin with. We could only kind of gauge so much from like little interviews and clips on YouTube yeah. and that. But when you came in and you kind of, I was saying to Rats last week, is like you're still a very young guy, right? At like 22, but the head on your shoulder seems to be a lot more mature than what most 22 year olds is. And that's not me just trying to like shower praise on you for, mm-hmm. uh, just saying you know what i mean but i i've seen it myself from you know lee was mentioning earlier our kind of age group it was more people are still kind of in the kind of uh, twilight of their 18 year old self <laughs> a lot of right? people at, that, at your age are still finding themselves but you seem to find yourself quite early on and and, and know, know your route I, would, I wouldn't say i found myself i'd say i know what i want yeah mm. it's finding how to get there <laughs> it's the stage i'm going through but don't get me wrong like i'll be at home see my pals out drinking and, and i'm sat at home like watching some boxing images and it's it's gut wrenching, but I know just the sacrifices I've got to make to get where I want to be. Yeah, and that will pay off in the long run, 100%, right? Hundred yeah. percent. You know what I mean? So there might yeah. be a day where you can go to a pub in your forties. You don't have to buy yourself a drink because you know, <laughs> you know, I own the pub. You own the pub. You own the pub. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, like like you were saying, I think that would that would be massive because right? the show mm. in Elgin Town Hall that mm. that's forever. That do you I, know what I mean? Like mm. that picture of you getting the title or you up in the ropes. Is history. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. When people say, "Who was the first ever like person to do this?" Mm-hmm. Fraser Wilkinson's in the name yeah. that comes yeah, up. Do you know exactly. what I mean? That, that must be it's mad. And I said this to Aiden when he was on. I know you don't want to look back just now because you want to do greater things going forward. Mm-hmm. But you must take a moment and be like, "Look at how far this has came from me just going into a local boxing club at ten years old." Do you know what I mean? And look at what I've done so far. Still early in my career. You know the amount that you've achieved. You know what I mean. Mm. Is there any members of your family that do like scrapbooking with your pa- paper? Yeah, my mum does. Mom's, yeah, yeah. mum's got everything. <laughs> do you ever look back on that? Uh sometimes. But yeah. like to me, it's it was a great moment, and it was. Yeah. But it can be done better. Mm-hmm. And if we were to do somewhere like Butterbricks, Elkington Halls is going to do better as well. Like we, we, me, Andrew, obviously. Uh, sold tickets as well but obviously his, him not fighting not everyone's going to keep coming but we can fill Elgin Town Hall better than that 
Yeah. And maybe if we do that again, but to the full capacity, then maybe we can think about Borough Briggs, but until then it's not going to happen. Yeah. And we've got to be realistic. How, how much can we actually get out of Elginus Hall? How much people are actually going to want to come to something like yeah. that? Because I think Smarty had mentioned the sports centre as well. There, at some uh, point. We asked them, but I don't think they're, they're just not interested at all. Which, really? Yeah. Come but on, it is what it is. Really, so. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we'll get into some boxing talk. Yeah, before yeah. We, before we round Absolutely. off. Absolutely, we've already been going an hour. Like, it just it's flies just, by. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's just madness. So man. we'll start off with the the fight that's literally about to happen. Yeah. Um, we are obviously great at predictions. Uh, the last UFC we did, we got like seventy five percent wrong. So <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I predicted Derek Lewis. So well, uh, yeah, take, take that uh, that's the only thing that we predicted uh, right that, that night. I'll take that all day long. But, uh, <laughs> we've got Usyk in, in Dubois in a couple hours. I like you know my kind of first thought is it should be a Usyk defense and mm-hmm. with that being said, congratulations Daniel Dubois for being the United <laughs> World Champion. TKO <laughs> first round. <laughs> How do you think that fight goes down? Uh, Usyk late stoppage. It's a big ask for a twenty-five-year-old yeah. to go yeah. over at Ukraine or where's it Poland? Poland, yeah. yeah, and then pull off something against such a prestigious boxer, especially somebody so flat-footed and big. He's just gonna play in Usyk's hand all night. But don't get me wrong. Dubois is a one hitter quitter. Yeah, yeah. You get yeah. caught like Josh the- Joshua Hurt Usyk in the second fight and didn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll get that Dubois. Dubois if Dubois catches Usyk, he's gonna go for it. He's got that off. Whether he's there. gonna get knocked out doing it, he's gonna go for it. Especially being so young. You gave us a very interesting take earlier on on Anthony Joshua Wilder. Mm-hmm. I I find it so interesting because I'm just a casual fan. You actually box, and, yeah. and you probably given me the first Joshua prediction for that fight. Yeah. Um, everyone seems to think it's going to go the other way. Why do you think Josh is going to win that fight? Well, as I said, look, look who Wilder's fought. Mm. A lot of the same people Joshua's fought. Mm. And uh, as soon as Wilder got tested against Tyson, he crumbled. As soon as he pushed, and it wasn't back, even really. like it wasn't even like a fight. Like he properly crumbled. Yeah. Do you think his head went in that Fury fight when he seen Fury getting up? No. I, I, there's been a lot of talk I, I see, about I see, that. I seen a thing about that the last day. It was like um, Terence Crawford. He said both men won that fight. That was probably the longest ten count you've ever seen in boxing. Yes. Yeah, he, he was, was counting out. Yeah, but yeah. up until that point, he was boxing Wilder's head off. So both men won that night. Second one, Fury knew what he had to do. Put on a couple of pounds and put his weight on him and tired him, beat him. Yeah. said himself as soon as I pushed him back I was like oh this dude can't fight off the back yeah, foot and then, exactly. and then the third fight was outrageous as well right because mm-hmm. it looked like it was going the same way and then Deontay yeah. Wilder was like have this hand grenade <laughs> <laughs> yeah that dude, that dude, he's, he's, he's a small heavyweight in terms of how much he weighs but he can hit yeah he's got a right hand from helmet like I think well obviously it, it looks like he's going to be fighting Joshua but he, at, at the time when they were having like fights in between because Joshua was meant to fight Dillian White and then mm-hmm. obviously that got called off because you know <laughs> last said that about the veteran again but, I'm pretty uh, sure I said it in the last I have no interest in that fight like the, the first one was really good uh, but I think it was just because of the build up and the gloves are yeah. off and all that type of stuff and the fight delivered because they were kind of similar stages of the career yeah. it was like a British title they were fighting for mm-hmm. way back in the day um, and you can tell that there's still heat there do you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> But I think that's Dillian White's third positive test, yeah. which is like... He's gone. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, it's going to be a hard one. But then Hellenius has just tested positive. Oh, really? Yeah, for against Joshua's yeah, today. He, and he just he's got flattened. flattened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joshua's had a lot of guys test, but like Jarrell Miller as well, yeah. and he was on everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, they say they say timing's key, and if you were to look at Wilder now, and look how he's progressed compared to how Joshua's progressed, I'd have to pick Joshua, because as I said, timing's key. 
he's moving. Josh is at least Josh, Josh is moving forward. Welder's kind of staying in the same place. Mm-hmm. If you're not progressively getting better, like you're you're always going to get better, even till the day you retire. There's always something new you can learn. There's always something different you can take in or, or start to use or start taking. But I would just have to pick Joshua. I am a big Joshua fan and always have been. Like but I've been realistic yeah. in ter- in terms of like what is Wilder going to do? He's never been able to box. He's only been able to hit. Yeah. And what can Joshua do? Joshua can't move. Mm-hmm. He can also hit. So be, at the end of the day, it's going to be a um, fantastic fight. It's, it's, it's probably it's, probably bigger than Fury Joshua just now anyway. Yeah, I think Fury's just ruining the game, going and fighting the Ghana. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I was actually going to yeah. move you on. Do you, do you think there is a possibility that Francis and Ghana? Not a chance in hell. Uh, he's six no. four. Yeah, Tyson Fury's almost seven foot tall. Mm-hmm. He's not going to near him. And like, he probably gets stopped. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. I reckon Fury probably stops. Yeah, I, I can't see that going more than a couple of rounds because, like, if you watch Nganu's fights, he gets tired at, like yeah, after yeah, five of minutes. He's like two hundred and fifty pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and the only way he can win that fight, right, is literally zero point not 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 zero one percent or whatever, right? Is he has to rush him? Yeah, so rush him first ten seconds of that fight and just start laying it on his yeah. chin. It's the only way he's got any chance mm-hmm. of winning that fight. And Mike, but, T- Mike Tyson is like on the Francis Ngannou hype train saying he's going to knock him out and that and well, Fury's never faced someone that yeah, hits Fury's a, Mike Tyson's going to do anything for a buck do you know what I mean mm. Fury's a generational talent there's nobody mm. that big that moves like that like there's there's never been that just, since like just saying it but since Ali who what heavyweight has moved that big and that yeah. quick yeah Roy Jones maybe the last person to do it and no, he's not yeah, heavyweight. He was super middle. Yeah, he's, he's a, a up to heavyweight though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 No, actually, <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about Prime Mike Tyson. I'm going back down. Um, I'm going to ask you a, a quick one before we're going to. What do you think of the whole um, YouTube shit just now oh. with uh, Jake Paul? I know we spoke about it last time, but somebody explained it to me the other day. Right, Nate Diaz fought this guy. Who's, I can't remember which one he fought. Jake. Jake. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, Nate Diaz get paid, getting paid 20 million off of that fight, you know, for essentially fighting a guy who can't fight. You know, he's making a lot of money off of it. Do you, do you think that, like, there's there's 10 years worth of paydays in one fight for a boxer <laughs> there, you know? Yeah, no, it's a bit nuts. But the revenue they're bringing in, like, it's, it, it, you would go back to um, football, female football players mm-hmm. and male football players at World Cup getting paid less. But then if they're bringing in the revenue, that's it. Yeah, they it's got they got to get paid their dues. It's a business as well yeah. as a sport, right? I, I feel sort like uh, KSI is gonna get hurt by Tommy. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like yeah. what? Like without a doubt. Like I give it to Jake. Jake probably beats KSI because Jake genuinely is in camp, like working his ass off, and you can see there was a bit of improvement. Mm-hmm. He's not like at the end of the day, but like KSI, he's got nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just a mouth. Like mm-hmm. just. He needs to shut up. Like, like, he's going to lose to Tommy and that's going to be the end of, of YouTube boxing, I yeah. feel. John, big John Fury wiping out tables as well. <laughs> yeah, like that's <laughs> just too... That, like, guy, that guy needs drug tested and not the steroid kind, you know what I mean? Just anything part. I'm going to just quickly throw this in. I have watched um, Tyson Fury's latest thing on Netflix. I really uh-huh. did enjoy that. Like, uh, yeah. Um, you see a different side to the guy. Mm-hmm. But I think you see a different side to him every time he's out in public, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I, mean? yeah. I never know what he's doing, man. But... Um, that's he goes a bit deeper into his like his mental health struggles mm-hmm. and that and you get a different understanding of him through that you know mm-hmm. um him and his missus have also got like a crack crack of relationship mm-hmm. like they've been together since they were like 
kids. Aging, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like a love hate relationship. They fucking hate each other at some <laughs> points. And but she, it, it's true what they say. Behind every big man's a strong woman, and like she, she has full power over him. Oh, her, you, yeah, because she's gonna have to. Do you know what I mean? It's um, it's madness. But his kids. Yeah, look out in the next 10 years because his kids, they're in boxing just now. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got like an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old. The kid looks about 14. He's <laughs> going about just punching kids on the yeah. camera and stuff. But And that, yeah. you know, that family, that's all. That's what they're that's known they for, do, fighting, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think, um, the what's his name, Tommy done himself a bit of a disservice by going on the... Um, Love Island. Love Island mm. program. Like. I don't because I don't think he'd ever amount to anything as a boxer. He's got a lot. Of, you could so the difference between the legs of Tommy and KSI is, you know, Tommy's been in the gym since he's been a kid. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say he's a good boxer. No. Do you know what I mean? Like he's never. He's not going to win a British title because not because of he does he lacks the ability, but because of the profile he is. Yeah. Like he's never going to be able to get himself in that position to challenge for it. And also, like, every fight he has, there's, well, that's not like Tyson. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. obviously, they're different weight classes and all that type <coughs> of stuff, but he's got, people do compare people, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And obviously, like you said, he's, he he can't reach that level, you know what I mean? Just from what we've seen in his mm-hmm. pro career. And, like, that Jake Paul fight, it wasn't exactly a Quite blowout, do you know what I mean? No, like, it wasn't. Um, and to be honest, like I know, like the whole Jake Paul antics and that, it gets called garbage and that. But to be fair, out of all of them that are doing it, it does seem like he is one that like does seem to show a bit of improvement. And I know, like, but that's it, probably because he's the only one spending eighty grand. On yeah, hundred percent. Give me yeah. an eighty grand camp, yeah. and I will be ready for world title yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> when is it? He's moved to like Puerto Rico or something like that. Just yeah. lifted himself out of there. But um, I, I do find it funny that. Like, so he lost to a boxer, right? Because everyone was like, as soon as he fights like an actual boxer, he'll lose, which happened. And now he's went back to the MMA guys, but he's now got a deal with PFL as well. Uh, and I can't wait till he fights in MMA and starts yeah. fighting he's MMA against boxers. Fuck <laughs> he's going to get... You're rolling around the deck with boxers, eh? Yeah, I'll roll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I even seen Paul Malinaji. He fought a TikTok guy. I had no idea this happened. Oh. And he took him a decision. <laughs> that's, that's a former old chunk. That's uh, it's fucking madness. Like, <laughs> like, let's just say, like someone that's of your weight, that's in one of these. If you're going in there, you're starting them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like any yeah. anyone of this level, because they would probably see someone I'll that's do. like five, six, and oh, and be like, oh well, you know, I'm sure that they're not that good. And then the reality would hit them in the first thirty seconds when they got cracked with a straight. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and some of these dudes are out there like going up to professional fighters at shows and hitting them in the back of the head, and that's like you have got to be <laughs> careful, son. <laughs> This is not WWE. Um, Ricky Burns, Willie Lemond, who wins that fight? Ah, oh, Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, no, no, uh, no disrespect, Willie, but he's over the hill. Yeah. Just a bit more than Ricky is. Like Ricky's probably still got a bit left. Him I think the only thing maybe Willie's got going from is he's active more recently. Um, yeah, because did Ricky retire at one point? Or uh, we, well, we, we, had, we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago because. Well, we said this to Ratch last week. It kind of blew us out a bit. We both thought he was retired, and then we no. see his name popping up. No, he wasn't retired. He signed to um, who did he sign to? He signed to Probellum. Okay, which was basically MTK after they got folded. Um, Cause and because they, they had basically they had pre-booked the OVO Hydro for Bricky. I think they're trying to find an opponent, and then they got pulled like three weeks ago. And that was a year and a half ago, something like that. Just I was coming back. 
It's um because he was the biggest name in Scottish boxing oh, for yeah. years. They, like, they said they said that like he was pulling six thousand fans every eight weeks into yeah. Glasgow to, to watch him fight. Like that's it's immense numbers. Yeah, you know what I mean, and he he was I, I remember him because like when I left school, the, the, uh, I worked in the building site, and the thing to do was buy the newspaper every day and. The boxing section was just Ricky Burns. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing else in the boxing section, yeah. um, but it's 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 good to see and a big fight. And obviously, we said Smart is going to be on the undercard of that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a massive platform as well, right? Yeah, Especially and um, be broadcast on BBC. So BBC uh, player, and then okay. the main event's going to be on BBC Scotland. Awesome! Right. That sounds good. First fight companion test. Yeah. I think I might have to go for it. Yeah, yeah. I think so We've, September. Do, do you know what a fight companion is? No, it's so much the fight. Yeah, so yeah. we're not allowed to. Yeah, not, we can't show like we can't show the actual fight. But if you tell people like, right, this is two fifty nine of round one. People start there and they, uh, they watch okay, yeah, it, yeah. and we kind of go live with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that might be because we're doing it for one Mister Stephen yeah, in November. Aiden's fighting November, so we're going to fight companion him then. Um, just new things to try out, isn't it? Yeah, why it's not? Coming, you know what I mean? Just stealing Rogan's ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a joke in there, but I'll leave it alone. Um, uh, what did you think about some of the fights that have happened recently? So Spence Crawford went down probably about a month ago. Yeah, um, I thought Spence was going to win on mm-hmm. fight week. I was like, Spence has got this in the bag. And then I'd seen the media workout. I was like, well, look at his feet. It's like, man, his feet's never looked that bad in his life. Like, could barely pick him up. And then... Just before they went out, they did like the interview in the change rooms, and you looked at Spencer's face, and you're like, he's not, he's not fully rehydrated. Mm. You see it. He's a big dude for one yeah. four seven. And then he won the first round. I thought, oh no, well maybe, maybe not. And then it was just completely all bud. Yeah, bud knew what he was doing from the get go. Do you know what I mean? Took yeah. that trash talk personally yeah. over the last six years. It would appear. Yeah, he's talking about going up to one six eight to fight Canelo, which oh, yeah. I'm like, catch me one six four. Yeah, it's like maybe. Yeah, if, if that happens, win or lose. Bud's probably one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. If, if, if he if he goes to distance with Canelo at 168, he is on par, basically nearly better than Floyd to me. I think that... And just remember, Ricky Burns went 12 rounds with Bud. That's right. I think that fight result depends on where that fight is. As mad as it is. See if, it's, see if that's in Canelo's backyard. Oh, you, you think they're going to be up yeah, to some... It's just a, you see the fight in Wallahara against John Ryder, like his walkout. Yeah, like there was like a thousand mariachi players. Yeah. It was nuts because they always have it on um, Cinco de Mayo, don't they? Mm-hmm. In like Cinco May, weekend. and then they they always have them in September as, as well. But yeah, Canelo's he's just he's inevitable, really, isn't he? Yeah. Like yeah. like some of the fights he's been in, like obviously I think he boxed Floyd like twenty one. Uh, uh, twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. That's nuts. Mm. And then the Triple G. Triple G. Yeah. Yeah, that's... yeah they robbed Triple G, though. Eh? Yeah, the yeah, first they one. They oh, robbed 100% them, they, robbed they robbed him the first time. I think, like, everyone had it, like, maybe five, six rounds in Triple G. Because Canelo got tired, right, in mm-hmm. the first one. Yeah. And then Adley Burt, not even being subtle, was like, well, Canelo's won this by 10 rounds, it would appear. And everyone's like, <laughs> excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> um, there was one more <laughs> I wanted to, to ask about, but I've just totally lost my train of thought. Uh, Garcia fight. Uh, yes. So the Garcia fight. What do you think of that recently? Who Dave, Davis versus Garcia? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That 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 was 
that was money. That's all that was. Mm. I didn't yeah. expect it. Straight up money. I didn't expect it. Like the um, yeah, the, you knew, you knew from the get go, Davis was just gonna model. Yeah, you know what I mean, Davis is. If Davis can keep on track and keep fighting, keep getting the the goal. Obviously now with Devin Haney probably moving up to super lightweight, vacate the belts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, has got uh, Davis has got a chance to grab him one. So that'll be good, but seemingly Ryan Garcia is going to end up fighting O'Hara Davies. That's a name I've not heard in so a long time. So Roley Romero is the champion at one f- uh, super lightweight. That always reminds me of Romero. Like, but he's, yeah. uh, he's been given like, seven, like, I think he's got like 24 hours left to basically prove that he's got an injured shoulder or whatever. And if he doesn't, he'll get stripped. Then they'll look at the highest ranked, which is O'Hara Davies. And he's just signed to Canelo. I uh, know he's just signed to Golden Boy, which is where Ryan's signed to. So O'Hara Davies is probably going to end up fighting Ryan Garcia for the the super lightweight WBA title. How do you think Devin Haney gets on moving up? What did you think about the result of his last fight? Were you someone that he won? I it? thought he won it. Yeah. I thought he'd beat Loma. Yeah. Was it Loma? Yeah, yeah, Loma, yeah. I thought he'd beat Loma. But it was close. It was really close. Yeah, it was, it was. Thin. But like they say, to be if you're going to go in there and be a champion, like especially an undisputed champion. You've got to be winning them late rounds. Like you can't, like you can't take your foot off the gas when it comes to like eleven to 10, 10, 11, 12. and you've got to beat them indefinite. Yeah. Like you can't just can't just win against them by a round. Like yeah. no, no, like especially them American judges, they're not giving that. Like if you look at George Combosos versus uh, Maxi Hughes, he's completely robbed. Yeah. Completely, I watched that all. I would have gave Maxi about eight rounds. But I suppose composers hold the title. You know, it's it's mad the kind of thing. But it's it's not. It's because if you look at the if you look at the picture now, composers is probably going to fight Loma for Mm -hmm. the vacant IBF, and that that makes sense because they're both been world champions. Yeah, nobody cares about Maxi. You know what I mean? But Maxi's he's a topper. Like that's he is British boxing to me. It's it's so brutal, but it's so obvious in the mm-hmm. sport. Like it's It's money. It's money. It's money. It's money. It's money. And it's cruel, especially when the boys get to the top. Um, if you're not getting your, if you're not getting the, the jewels at the end, it's gonna hurt you. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially if you get yourself in them positions to be able to fight for them, and get that stolen away from you. Mm-hmm. Your name's not remembered, not hitting that world title stage. Mm, oh no, no. It's, it's like how many how many guys did um, how many guys can you think of that. Like I always think of the Joe Calzaghe fight. Mm-hmm. Name a Joe Calzaghe's opponents. <laughs> you can't, you know. Mm-hmm. But these were all elite guys that were mm-hmm. fi- fighting unbeaten records again. Yep. I can name you Kessler. Yeah, Chris Eubank. Eubank. Roy Jones, Bernard Hopkins, Jeff Lacey. That's five out of 49. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know. And like some of them are all-time greats as well. Like yeah. Roy Jones, Chris <laughs> Eubank. Like the Roy Jones and Bernard Hopkins fights... They both dropped him in round one, and mm. then he was just like, "Okay, schooling time." School is in session. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I asked Ratch. I don't think I asked this the last time. Who is the greatest, in your opinion, the greatest boxer of all time? Of all time, it is tough, and it's subjective. It's completely, it's completely a personal think, choice. It's subjective yeah. in what you think is successful. Do you know what I mean, if you look at Who's left the game with the greatest health with the most money? You got to say Floyd. Yeah. One hundred percent. He played the game, he played it well. He got out. He's still making money. Yeah, still playing it. <laughs> you know still, I mean? playing still playing it. it. <laughs> like um, I, I don't know. I, 
it's it's tough. That's a really, it's a tough question, especially for a boxer. Yeah. Especially for somebody who loves boxing. Um, I don't know who I'd pick. I don't know who. You got a top like three. Uh, top three: mm. Terence Crawford, Floyd Mayweather, Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard, he fought with like one yeah, eye. People really? forget yeah. about that man. Eh? He's unreal, especially when like the Four Kings. So you need like, like 150 fights or something stupid. That was like Ray that. Robinson. Yeah, that's that's Sugar Ray Robinson, yeah. is it? Yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, he was the Olympic gold medalist, welterweight world champion, middleweight world champion, super welterweight world champion. Do you know what I mean? He went up through them all and still performed. Madness. Um, Especially like you were mentioning, like who came out the the healthiest because boxing is such an yeah, like, like man with Ali Parkinson's at yeah, the, uh, no. uh, late ages of his career. Yeah, I don't think Floyd will have half of that problem. No, no. Do you know what I mean? Like he like <laughs> what was Floyd's last fight? I think it was one of the I think it was John Gotti's like nephew or something. Do you not see that? <laughs> sitting on the sitting on the uh, corner, <laughs> <laughs> the ref stopped it, and then he, like the Gotti guy threw him out the way to go try and attack. Well, I was like, this is just crazy at this point. But fair play to him, like. Like I was saying, I think we mentioned this last episode, like I'd kind of just gotten into boxing when Ricky Hatton went to fight Floyd mm-hmm. and like I was part of the delusion that Ricky Hatton's going to beat him, right? <laughs> and then there was, was no hope in hell. And then every, because of like that happened, every Floyd Mayweather fight I watched to see him yeah. get beat and it just never mm-hmm. happened, you know what I mean? And you know, it's genius in a way because he realised that being the villain benefited him way more than being 100%. the hero, you know what I mean? So It's like all them YouTubers nowadays. Acting the big man, throwing tables and whatever, and doing all like stupid stuff. Aye. They know because it's going to benefit, but like, oh, it's on the hype. On it's the just hype. like, oh, what did Conor McGregor start? Do you know what I mean? But like, like, that's you, it? Did you see what he was doing at the No, no, Joshua let's, let's dial it back. What did Chael Sonnen start? Yeah, well, yeah. That, that, that's your original. Feeding, like, a, feeding yeah. a bus of carrot and all that kind of stuff. I <laughs> uh, like. The stuff Chael used to come out with as well is class. Like the there's, McGregor stuff is so wild. There, there. There's like, no I, better one-liners in all of combat sport than Joshua. <laughs> no, like, no better. Yeah, good. But like seeing, like he was at the Joshua fight recently, right? Yeah. And again, getting stout in Joshua's mouth. That's class. That, if you've got an opportunity to get your brand out there, that is how you do it. He does not miss. Like, he's got Ebony Bridges and like a bunch <laughs> of these OnlyFans models coming off the bus. He's like, we've got the honeys in the bus, and I'm like, this is absolutely <laughs> crazy. It was like, this dude is not fighting uh, in December. He's probably not going to fight again. But fair play because he's got more money than he knows what to do with. Yeah, exactly. Um, as long um, as he's happy. <laughs> Uh, what about Josh Taylor? Obviously, had a bit of a tough loss recently yeah. against uh, Teofimo. Teofimo's a bit of a. He's either going to turn up or he doesn't turn and up, right? Yeah. Uh, that was that was Teo's fight from day one out because mm. like Josh ain't a one four eight anymore. Yeah, Aye. and he's going exactly. one four six. But then you got a question whether one four six can be a good thing for him because he's been at such a low weight for so since long. Yeah. he's been at a weight since an amateur. All the way through his amateur career, that's the way he fought under. Might be the best thing ever happened to him. I, I kind of keep dialing back to MMA, but look what's happened Paul Craig. He's just moved up mm. and. He just, moved down. Sorry, he moved down. down yeah. Um, yeah, fair play to him, though. That was, that's so mad. Like. It's, um, sometimes it's just that little weight change that people need mm-hmm. to, like the change in their I, career. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame Josh for not fighting again. Like, the last couple he of fights is. he's had, though, like, was just it, because was of it money, the Katana fight? Yeah, the Katarol. Uh, the yeah, Katarol fight, sorry. Um, just have you watched the documentary on that of him making weight? No, I imagine it's brutal. Yeah, it's horrible. Like he just this looks like half a man. I think it was a wrong decision in that fight. Personally, I think ninety nine point nine percent of people thought it was like you seen. It was. It's a. It's a tough one to like say. Because you're you're head over heart, isn't it? It's. But then I still don't think that like if you look at like the one division now. Can't really beating none of them. 
No. No. He's not. I'm sorry, but it's not. It's just like he's not beating Teal. Like without a doubt, he ain't not. He ain't beating Teal. Um, even Ramirez, who Josh Taylor beat, I still don't think he beats Ramirez. Yeah. So we'll see. It's interesting. Yeah, that, those lighter weight divisions are absolutely stacked at yeah, the moment, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they're to be honest, they're getting the fights made as well, which yeah. is like obviously like the criticism of the heavyweights is like they just kind of seem to elude each other uh, forever. Because that's where the most money is, though. Yeah. That's why there's more to talk about. If you look at Spence versus uh, Crawford, that fight took six years. To make. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that all, that came down to Spence and Crawford speaking between themselves, being like, "Look, we got to get this now because if we don't, we're not going to get make any money." Mm-hmm. Pretty sure they made both made like thirty million for that fight. They're laughing in the bank. Yeah, it's not always been that way though. Look how long for the Pacquiao Mayweather fight to <laughs> exactly. happen. Like, it was ten years in the making yeah. of that fight. It was ridiculous. Then you probably question if it was a little bit earlier. They'll put a little bit less weight on them. Mm-hmm. Would Manny have done many better? I think so. I think yeah, that's maybe. what happens. Like. Yeah. See, maybe. that's what I'm saying. Timing is key in boxing. Mm-hmm. It's all about timing as well. Luck. Yeah, like Floyd was tactically amazing, not just in the ring, but I, like outside. Is that it good? Well, just fights for ten it. years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I wanted to ask you. Right, I'll, we'll have this question, and then we'll get to the the question that we ask every guest at, yeah. the, at the end. Who who's your favorite kind of mainstream promoter to watch? Because I'm a big fan of like listening to Eddie Hearn. I think he's, <laughs> he's absolutely he's hilarious. I've, I've heard the uncut Eddie Hearn on TikTok yeah, yeah. is the best <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> uh, if I was to say my own, you know, it'd be Matchroom. Yeah, you'd want to say my Matchroom. Yeah. Um, there's no really other promoters like Bob Arum, PBC. No one sees his face. He doesn't even go to the shows. Mm. He's running. He's run the ropes in the background. And everyone just knows the name. That's who promoted Floyd for most of his career. I think he's in his nineties now yeah, as well, and he's, he's he's been Bob Arum. He's he just needs to move on. Do you know what I mean? He's that old. Like he's done his dues. Um, there's obviously Frank Warren as well. But apart from that, you know, it would be idea. Yeah, yeah. You don't. I don't say idea because it's where the money's at in British boxing, especially, and he pays his boys well. So he seems like a fucking laugh as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You got to admit. You got to remember though, that these promoters are. Uh, bums on seats and that's all they care oh, yeah, yeah 100%, 100% but like I, I did I watched both his debates with Simon Jordan and I've got issues uh, with yeah yeah I mean I do not like that Simon Jordan oh. he, I hate people with a narrative to just mm-hmm. try yeah. get to somebody uh, that's that's not healthy for him it's not healthy he's just for a sport for money, him, literally, yeah. Yeah. he's literally doing that for views mm-hmm. I mean obviously he's, he's got a bit of a health scare at the moment so I wouldn't wish any ill no, will no, towards God, him no. but his football takes are awful yeah. as, 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 his as, fucking hairdo's awful as well yeah. as, as, as his boxing ones he'll <laughs> <laughs> just... call him out call him out <laughs> uh, next YouTube fight <laughs> Lee from the Normandy's corner Simon Jordan well no actually anyway um but yeah, like he came in there to like obviously try and out Eddie Hearn mm. for like the whole Connor Ben stuff, yep. right? Which is like low hanging fruit because everyone kind of knew what had happened. Yep. Um, and he tried to spin it in a way that Eddie Hearn was going to let the fight happen. But he was saying, I can't do anything because it's under the British Boxing Board of Controls um, thing. And then one of the best bits is Simon Jordan used to own Crystal Palace. Does, yeah. Apparently didn't do very well with it financially. Nope. Allegedly. And Eddie Hearn just like kind of busts out. It was like, you know, you used to own a company and you went bankrupt. And like the room just went, so you could tell he had got him fuming. <laughs> and then you know, on the rematch. You know, yeah, but you know, Eddie's got publicists going, yeah. so this is, remember this bit, remember this bit. He's he got got he's said, yeah, totally. And then on the second one, he just brutalized him by calling him a disc jockey. And was just like, oh, this, is, this is 2 0. Holy yeah. shit. 10 7. You know what I mean? Jesus. 
But um, madness. Aye, well, we'll get to the the final questions before we wrap yeah. up because it's nearly been an hour and a half now, is it? We will. Um, I'll let you go first. Yours is so. Yours is a bit more dure than mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we it's kind of both ends of the spectrum, right? Because I think people both kind of have these things. We try to ask every guest that comes on now. From my point of view, what's one thing in your life that you overthink the most? Um, what everyone else thinks. Yeah. 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 It's, you know what I mean? it's a popular that's, one because that's that's. As long as you're happy with what you're doing, nothing else in life will matter. hundred percent, and it's good. Because at the end of the day, when you're in the box, what is it gonna matter? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, seize the moment. I guess would be the kind of the phrase for moment. it and all that. But uh, I, that, th- I think that's good to hear people say that because the common answer we get is everything, um, like really general stuff. And I think it's good because I don't think we're not really taught to say those things. Mm-hmm. Right, no. we're taught to kind of keep that internalized yep. a lot of the time. And I think it's. I heard someone say when you speak about these things, um, which don't necessarily have to be like mental health issues related or that, but when you speak about these things, it actually encourages people to join the conversation, which is like obviously gets people talking and, you know, stops things, maybe like depression from raising its head mm-hmm. and things like that and feel like a sense of community in it. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, my I kind of go the other end of the spectrum and I, I think I might know the answer to this. <laughs> um, what's the one thing that makes you the happiest, Fraser? Hmm. Obviously boxing, <laughs> yeah. but uh, every aspect of it, yeah. I get I get a kick out of watching young kids sparring and that and fighting and even when you go up to the top where I want to be, I get a kick out of that. So literally every bit of it. Do you see yourself like staying in the sport after it's all said and done, like the I'd career from? I know it's a long I'd way down the line, to, yeah. but yeah, you yeah like to see yourself as a coach and stuff like that. Yeah, a coach, any, any form, any form. As long as I'm in boxing, I know I'm gonna be happy. Because I would have went through all the stages to get where I'm going to be. Yeah. So wherever, wherever the boxing takes me, I know I'm going to be happy. Excellent answer. As Thank long you. as I'm boxing. Awesome, mate. Enjoy being on again. Yeah. yeah. It's been a bit different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. A bit more um, bright, I guess yeah. you would say. <laughs> well, <laughs> it looks apart. Eh? It does. It does. I think, Remember um, when uh, you get all this monetization <laughs> off this episode? Uh, yeah, royalties. 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 Starting. To, well, I, I eat all the big wages. Yeah. I have a feeling that. Fraser's going to be somebody we probably have on a few times throughout his boxing career, and um, and and we've just kind of got into the the game of sponsoring fighters oh yeah, recently, so I'm sure so there'll be negotiations yeah. down the <laughs> line. There's got to be negotiations. Um, yeah, that that's not for the camera. That is uh, <laughs> private conversations. But yeah, great having on you, Cheers, uh, having you on again, mate. Great, thank uh, you. Great. Love all it. the best, even when it goes <coughs> well. 9th of September, two weeks. We're going to try and mm-hmm. get to a fight soon. Yes. Um, I'd imagine if you have another one before the end of the year, we'll yep. we'll be in touch and we'll. We'll be there to get the full experience mm-hmm. ourselves. And uh, oh, yeah, before we go, I keep forgetting to do this also for all the kind of algorithm jazz and whatever. Five star review on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, all the platforms and all that kind of YouTube ga- uh, jazz. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in episode 95. 95. Yeah, 94. Right, cool. 95. Remembered. <laughs>